Hello and welcome to the first ever cold open of an episode of the Atomic Skull podcast. My name may or may not be Abe Froman. For those of you who might not know what a cold open is, it's when a show jumps right into whatever type of content without having a theme song or any kind of opening credits that you might be used to. Saturday Night Live does it every single week if you need a point of reference. I am going to be taking three shots of a very particular kind of alcohol in this episode that is specifically native to the great city of Chicago. And anyone who is from Chicago already fucking knows what I'm talking about. And I am really not looking forward to this. And I'll get to why in a little bit. I actually know a lot of people that are from the city who have told me about and even made me try this dreadful fucking liqueur. And when I started mapping outlines for episodes of this shit show, this is one of the ideas that I came up with. And like most other decisions I've made in my life, it is a comedically great idea, but a literal bad one. Unfortunately, I was able to get my hands on a bottle of this garbage and... I knew that I couldn't put off recording it any longer. So I begrudgingly started writing notes for the episode and I slowly realized that there are so many things that are from and in the Windy City that I have utterly fucking loved my whole life. And I wanted to include them and talk about them as I took... They're like sitting right in front of me. I'm already fucking dying. I wanted to include all of these things as I took these fucking shots. And as piecing the episode together evolved, it became clear that I was inadvertently writing a tribute to the city, which I was completely okay with. And I started kind of flying into the curve. And then it hit me. How on earth Do I write a tribute episode to a city that I've never even been to? And then this last week, literally six days before the episode is scheduled to be released, I had two rare days off in a row. A full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it was dark, and I was wearing sunglasses. And I said to myself, fuck it, I'm going to Chicago. Hit it. Incredible. The first cold open of my career and I never doubted it for a second. How could I possibly be expected to jump right into my theme song with a topic like this? This is the 24th episode of my podcast. It's getting pretty tough coming up with ideas for new topics, so I better make this one count. The key to completing a successful tribute episode is to have a lot of inside references throughout the whole thing. It's a good non-specific characteristic. I'm a big believer in it. A lot of people will tell you that a good sports statistic is a dead lock, but uh, you get an audience full of women or nerds and you can end up with a 30% listener retention. That's worse than just skipping to the end. 
you fire up your theme song and when it's ending and starting to fade out you parody an intro from an 80s movie that you love that took place in that specific city it's a little childish and stupid but then so is this podcast i did fly to chicago just a few days ago that wasn't bullshit but before i tell you what happened oh god i i have to fuck me so all right so let me tell you guys about a particular type of liqueur called Jepson's Malort. If you are from Chicago and over the age of 23, you have at some point very certainly had at least one shot of this awful shit. It is not a good liqueur. Nobody is going to the club and ordering a Malort and Cranberry. You're not going to overhear you know, Emma at the end of the bar, like, I'm having a sangria with some malorts in it. I can't wait. It's going to be delicious. Did you see Lana Del Rey is topless on her new album cover? Here is how it was explained to me the first time I was given a shot of this terrible, terrible fucking shit by a tried and true born and raised Chicago native and fellow brother. I know he's out there. I know he's listening. We're going to get back to him a little bit later on. Jepson's Malort can only be found in Chicago. You literally cannot get it anywhere else. This isn't even something that you can find in one of those purpose-built brick-and-mortar booze stores that my mother refers to as Disneyland. It's sort of like a prank alcohol. You don't mix it with anything. You don't shoot it to get drunk for funsies like tequila or Jägermeister or whatever. Malort is, and this is true, Malort is what bartenders in Chicago give you when they want you to leave. Like, if you are already drunk and you are acting like a total jagoff, the bartender will either offer you a shot of Malort by name or give you a, quote, shot on the house and it's Malort. And if that happens, natives of the city know that is code for time to leave. It's an unspoken rule in Chicago bars. I don't care if you are downtown by the river, up in Wicker Park with all the hipsters, or on the south side where the streets stop having names and start having numbers. Everybody knows it. Everybody hates it. And I have three double shots of it sitting in front of me right now. And there will be no chaser. And because I hate myself almost as much as I hate Illinois Nazis, these shots are room temperature. So let's just get the first one out of the way. Before I take this first shot, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Anthony Bourdain, whose show No Reservations is definitely a big inspiration and has a lot of its herbs and spices in this episode. I love you and I miss you, Tony. I hope you're finding some peace wherever you are that you couldn't find when you were here. Check on your friends. Check in on yourselves. All right, here we go with the first... Oh, God. Here we go with the first one. This is for you, Tony. God! Oh! It's so bad. It 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 tastes like 30-year-old hairspray. Oh! And the aftertaste, oh, the aftertaste, it's even, oh my God, I got to do two more of these. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do them right now. I'm not doing them all. I'm not like doing all of them in a row. I am going to set the timer on my phone for eight minutes. And then when it goes, uh, oh, 
when it goes off, I'm going to take the next one. God help me. So I feel like there is the city that you are from and the city that you always felt like you should have been from. Not that there's no pride in your hometown. I carry San Francisco with me everywhere I go, and I always will. But my interest in Chicago started when I was very young, and it was because of two things. The first thing was the 1990s Chicago Bulls, and more specifically, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And for those of you listening out there who are surprised that I'm starting with sports, I don't fucking blame you. No one is more surprised about it than I am. But I have some really amazing memories of my grandfather, who I love dearly, making us a couple of turkey sandwiches, grabbing a bag of whatever kind of potato chips would like to pay me for advertising, and a couple of ice-cold Coca-Colas, and watching Michael Jordan play like he was a fucking sorcerer on the basketball court. My grandpa liked the Warriors, but the Bulls were the show wherever and whenever they played. Jordan was electric. They won championship after championship in the 90s. And if this was a movie or music reference, by the way, I would be able to tell you how many they won. But with sports, I'm not even going to fucking attempt. It would be embarrassing. But I know it was a lot. Watching my grandfather screaming at the TV with his mouth half full of, I don't know, maybe Lay's, maybe Ruffles, maybe Pringles, I don't know, could have been any of those, but watching him yell at the TV like they could hear him in the arena got me so hyped up as a kid, and he would be sort of like an in-home announcer, but with a lot more cursing. Great memories from a time in my life when there weren't a hell of a lot of great things to remember. And the second thing that got me into Chi-Town was a lifelong all-time favorite movie, Wayne's World. I saw Wayne's World in the theater two times, and my grandparents were kind enough to buy it on VHS for me as a Christmas present when it came out. And it was the very first in a long line of movies that I memorized front to back. I know every word to that goddamn movie. Wayne's World doesn't actually take place in the city proper. The main characters, Wayne Campbell and Garth Algar, live in Aurora, which is a suburb of Chicago. Excellent. And at the time, it was the funniest goddamn movie I had ever seen. It had like this energy to it, and it felt like, I don't know, it it felt like It was painted by where it took place. I guess the movie could have taken place anywhere, but it did take place in Aurora. And for some reason, that mattered to me. Between watching Jordan and the Bulls, which is very unlike me. I did like their outfits a lot, though, which is very much like me. And how much I loved the rock and roll and the comedy in Wayne's World. My intrigue of Chicago was born very early. And that leads me to my gold star question for the week. What city do you feel like you should have been from? Even if it's somewhere you've never been, but maybe you feel a kinship with it. And also, gotta tell me why. I want to know why. Atomic Skull Podcast at gmail.com. Slide into my DMs at the Instagrams at Atomic Skull Podcast. Follow me if you don't already. Reach out to me like you guys do. 
I am getting so many answers to the gold star questions now, and I am loving it more than Harry Carey loves hot dogs. As a bonus gold star question, if you were made out of hot dogs, would you eat yourself? I know I would. Now, I got off work last Monday night at 7.30 p.m., and at 11.59, my beautiful wife, Mrs. What's-Her-Name, and I were in the air and on a red-eye flight to Chicago. We got in at 4 a.m. local time, and we were picked up by a good friend of ours and a good friend of the show, Miss Liz, who is a Chicago native, and an airport pickup in of itself is a pretty big ask of anyone. A 4.30 a.m airport pickup is extra bananas and she insisted i didn't even ask i told her no several times but she would not take no for an answer so miss liz was kind enough to drive us downtown to our hotel and drop us off for a little bit of sleep and saved us a very uncomfortable conversation with a random yahoo rideshare driver there was a list of things that I wanted to do and not a lot of time to do them. But two things were eliminated from the list I found out on the ride to the hotel. The first was going to Buddy Guy's Blues Club. Apparently, he was playing there nearly every day that week except for the one fucking day that I was going to be there. Fuck you, Buddy Guy. I'm kidding. I fucking love Buddy Guy. Damn right I've Got the Blues is one of the best blues songs ever written. Full stop. Also, Sears Tower, which I wanted to get up at the top of at any cost, was eliminated because, as Miss Liz put it, it's too cloudy. You're not going to see shit. Fuck you, Sears Tower. Now... When we got to the hotel and got our keys, I was shocked to have one of the items on my list for the trip immediately checked off. I got a complimentary bag of Garrett's popcorn, which I had heard about but had never actually had the pleasure of trying. And it wasn't just any bag. It was a Garrett's mix, which is half caramel and half cheese. I popped it open almost immediately and it surpassed all expectations. There is a rumor going around that I may have bought like $40 worth of Garrett's at O'Hare on the way out of Chicago, but I will neither confirm nor deny anything. And that right there is a Mike Didka quality segue into the fat shit portion of the show. Hashtag the bears. You can tell a lot about a city from their food. And I'm not talking about fine dining, even though I love the fancy shit. We went to a beautiful Italian restaurant on the one night we were there, and I had a pork shoulder pappardelle that was fucking phenomenal. The way you can get a feel. Oh, fuck me, Jerry. It is time for the... It's time it's time for the second shot of Malort's. Okay, here we go. Ugh. All right, so the second shot, I want to say cheers to you, Miss Liz, for being so kind, so gracious, and answering so many questions about the city, taking us around, showing us a bunch of stuff. You were wonderful. You were great to talk to. You were the best company. Mrs. What's-Her-Name and I are eternally grateful. This shot of Malort is for you. Thank you, Miss Liz. Ugh. Okay, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Here we go. I'm going. I'm going. Oh. 
Why? Why? Why is why is is this a thing? Oh, it tastes like pralines and dick. I don't I don't even know where the fuck I was. I think I was talking. Didn't I talk about the pumpernel? Oh, okay. Right, drunk food. Okay, I'm getting there. I'm my brain is all right. The way you can get a feel for a city through, because, <laughs> god damn it. Oh, shit, I need to start. Hang on, I'm starting my timer again. Oh, god, I'm so pissed. The way you get a feel for a city through cuisine comes down to one single question. What do the locals eat when they're drunk? And in Chicago, two things top the list. An Italian beef sandwich and deep dish pizza. Signature Chicago food is wetter and sloppier than, you know what? I know you dirty fuckers are expecting some sort of filthy metaphor here, but suck my ass. I am not here to play to my audience. I'm not gonna give you the satisfaction of a filthy metaphor here. It is too fucking easy. I am a classy bitch and I don't need to degrade myself into cheap and tawdry dirty jokes when I am trying to have an episode full of heart and soul and rhythm and blues. Anyway, let me tell you how I spent the entire afternoon filling my mouth with hot beef. After a couple of hours of sleep, I woke up and looked out my window and saw some strange white flakes falling from the sky. And I was very fucking confused. I live in Arizona, you guys. I had no idea what was going on. Come on, come on, you guys. We are gonna have a good time this week. So I hit the streets around lunchtime with a rumbling in my belly, ready for lunch. I wasn't drunk yet. That part comes later. But I did damn near fall on my ass almost instantly as I started walking around downtown. And with the snow falling down all over the streets, it looked like Lindsay Lohan's brunch on the set of Mean Girls. Boom! Got her! Hey-oh! Got her! I am so sorry, you guys, for the person that I am. Please somebody kill me and blame it on a one-armed man. The first order of business was a hot Italian beef sandwich. And everyone I knew from Chicago that I asked gave me the exact same recommendation. Al's Italian beef. You guys, it was one of the best goddamn sandwiches I have ever eaten in my whole fucking life life. Seriously, top three instantly. I posted a picture of it on the Instagrams for you guys to beat off to as part of the uh, the post for this episode. Sorry, vegans. I got it sweet and dipped, and it was so thick, wet, and delicious, I wanted to offer to buy it a fucking drink. I love that sandwich more than Cameron Fry's dad loved his 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California. I think I had a straight up Meg Ryan, I'll have what she's having moment in that fucking restaurant. I should ask Mrs. What's Her Name if it made her uncomfortable. Now, let's talk about deep dish pizza for a second. I will admit that it is an acquired taste. This is one that I am not going to roast anyone who oh my god the fucking malorts you guys it's not leaving my mouth it's just 
oh, it's staying there. I refuse to roast anyone who likes D... D fuck me. I'm not even cutting it. I'm fuck it. I'm leaving it in. I'm leaving it in. Fuck it. This is the, the this is just the energy right now. I am not going to roast anyone who likes deep dish pizza. I am not going to roast anyone who doesn't like deep dish pizza. But what I knew was that there was no way I was going to leave that fucking city without eating its signature style pizza. And I went to the place that you go to get it and it is a place that i have not pronounced correctly once in my entire life without sounding like i have had some type of genioplasty let me i'm gonna try it right now lou malnati's did i get it lou malnati's you can't really order chicago style pizza by the slice because of the way it's prepared so i got one of those like personal size shits which i was told would take a half an hour to cook if even a personal size pizza takes longer to cook than an episode of married with children it better change my fucking life while we are waiting for the pizza to cook i have to talk really quick about the bear the bear is a killer show on hulu about the back of house at a chicago italian beef restaurant it's only like eight episodes, 30 to 40 minutes or so. And if you are looking for a quick and intense watch, it is an immediate recommend. The restaurant in the show has a giant Malort billboard on top of it, which I thought was fucking beautiful. It captures the intensity and the complete spectrum of emotions that goes on in the kitchen of a restaurant. It's got a ton of heart and every character just emotionally bleeds on screen. It is really well casted. And I think the best part of it for me is that the lead characters, they're one female and one male, who they play the uh, sous chef and then the chef de cuisine, respectively, have an extremely intense relationship dynamic, but they remain completely platonic. And the writers of the show have committed to keeping it that way for the second season, which I think will be out in July. It's so refreshing to see a show that doesn't have any kind of adorable barf in my shoes, my big fat Greek wedding style budding romance. I wish there was more content out there like that. I get that love is an excellent motivator for a good story, but fuck man, it's not the only fucking motivator for a good story. Also, while we are waiting, because Chicago style pizza takes forever, there's no way I am letting this episode go without talking about my single favorite Chicago export, the Second City Comedy Troupe. I touched on it very briefly last week, but I purposely wanted to keep it in my pocket until now, because Second City is one of the pride and joys of Chicago. Just a quick background in case you need it. Second City is an improv comedy group that changes members every single year. It is essentially like a, it's like a boot camp for comedians. And it isn't like stand-up comedy where the bits are prepared and rehearsed over and over again until it's a well-thought-out, well-polished show. The Second City stage is full of comedy sketches that are that is the fastest fucking eight minutes 
of my entire life. You've got to be fucking shitting me right now. Okay. The good news is it's the last shot of Malort. The bad news is it is still a fucking shot of Malort. Okay. Oh my god, I don't want to. I, I, why did I? Why do I put myself there? Okay, it's the last one. These, it's like these shot glasses. Like the first shot I took, it felt like a double shot glass, and this one, it just, I, it looks like a shot glass, but it feels like a fucking big gulp. Okay, last one. All right. Before I take this last one, I want to say cheers to the great city of Chicago. My heart has been left in San Francisco, but Chicago, I think my soul belongs to you. I had a beautiful time in the city, and I can't wait to come back. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, God. It, ta- it tastes like three-day-old camel urine. Why would you do this? There's nothing you could mix with it, you guys. It's it's so bad. Oh, I want to kick myself out of my own office. Okay, second city. It's uh, like when you have... St- I think it was when you have stand-up comedy bits that are prepared and rehearsed and well thought out and it's a polished show, that's one thing. But Second City is completely different. It is full of comedy sketches that are either thrown together at the last minute with no script and minimal rehearsal or not thrown together at all with no script and no rehearsal. Shows at Second City are seven days a week, sometimes multiple times a day and the expectation at a second city show is continuous new material comedians go there to develop characters work on their timing and their strengths and really find out if they're funny i want to read off some of the alumni from the flagship second city chicago troupe over the years because it is fucking astounding there would literally be no saturday night live without it oh my god give me a second oh you got it you guys got to get rid of those bottles of alerts okay second city alumni here we go danny Aykroyd, john belushi bill murray harold ramis Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, John Candy, Alan Alda, Chris Farley, Mike Myers, Gilda Radner, Peter Boyle, Stephen Colbert, Eugene Levy, Joan Rivers, Steve Carell, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Bob Odenkirk, Tim Meadows, Fred Willard, and I am just scratching the surface. Those are literally all off the top of my head. Well, they're actually not. They're in a Word document in front of me. But when I wrote that list, it was off the top of my head. All comedy royalty. All built up their chops and learned their craft in Chicago, on the Second City stage. There is no roster that even comes close to being as prestigious as that one. Think about a Friday night in the mid-70s, sitting in a smoke-filled room, 
drinking a cold beer with a bourbon back, looking at a stage that is one foot off the ground, watching a young Danny Aykroyd, Gilda Radner, and Eugene Levy, who were all there at the same time, by the way, destroy the room with laughter. People are slapping their hands on the table, trying to catch their breath. In those moments, when everyone is cackling and howling together, wiping tears from their eyes, nobody cares about the bad week that they had or the bad week ahead. There's no fucking sadness or hate in that room. The person on your right is your brother. The person on your left is your sister. Unless you're on a date and you're trying to fuck them and then that would be weird. Second City, my ass. In that room, on nights like that, and there are many of them even to this day, Chicago is the center of the motherfucking universe. All right, pizza's done, you guys. So first off, my server at Lou Malnati's was, to say the least, snooty. Snooty? Snotty. Snotty? He was more than a little bit of both. As far as the pizza is concerned, oh, God. Even the burps fucking taste bad. Oh, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm powering through it. Whatever. I understand that deep dish is not everyone's favorite. Do I like it? Fucking absolutely. Do I prefer it? Unfortunately, I don't. But I recommend that everybody have a good deep dish pizza at least once in their lives. I got sausage on mine. And... When the pizza gets put in front of me, there is an expectation. The expectation comes from thousands of slices of pizza that I have probably had in my life. And it has taught me that if I order sausage on pizza, there will be little pieces of luscious, vegan-angering deliciousness all over it. In Chicago, the sausage isn't on the pizza. It is in the pizza and it isn't in pieces it was a fucking disc of sausage this was the second time in one afternoon that my mouth had gotten pummeled with meat wait you know what i said what i said and it was cooked fucking perfectly it was fucking delicious it was fucking worth the wait and worth the shitty service there are a lot of people out there who are militant about the fact that what i ate wasn't pizza and my response to that is fuck you a rose by any other name would still smell as sweet and a slice no matter what it is called is still fucking delicious. You can call tits by any other name you want. I am still going to love them. I don't care what you want to call it. If you don't want to call it pizza, fine, whatever. Be an asshole. Deep dish might not be the popular pizza, but there's so much depth and so many layers to it, both figuratively and literally. It is above your judgment. I ate every single bite of that thick crusted pillowy saucy goodness and i'll say it here i may prefer the other style overall but god damn it if i am shutting down a bar and i am that weird ass mix of still drunk but starting to get hung over and i have the choice give me that deep dish motherfucker and put a whole ass fucking frisbee of sausage on it and i am 
never looking back. After getting the carbs in early, Mrs. What's-Her-Name and I spent the afternoon and evening drinking up a storm with Miss Liz. We hit a sports bar where I saw several groups of people wearing business casual, nursing their cocktails and talking shop. Or they were at the bar top with their laptops getting it done. After a few old fashions, we went to a country bar downtown for more old fashions. And the single best coffee cocktail that I have ever had, ever. Technically, I had two of them. Don't even bother asking me what was in them. It could have been fucking heroin, Folgers, and Capri Sun. I don't know. But as the night went on, I saw more people coming to the bar dressed like they were fresh off of work. And Miss Liz was telling me about how she's always busy. When she's not picking people up from the airport at 4.30 in the morning, she is using her electrical expertise to help friends and family when their heater goes out so they're not stuck in the cold. Eventually, when Mrs. What's-Her-Name and I ended the night with a car bomb and a Guinness at an Irish bar, the last check mark on my list, by the way, I saw people still in business attire after midnight, and it occurred to me that Chicago is all about work. Working for a paycheck, working for each other, working on the cocktail in front of you, and the people I saw throughout the day were perpetually clocked in. Rhythm and blues is embedded into the city because you need a little bit of both to get the job done. I hope that wasn't the last time that I made it to Chi-Town. I hope I am able to get another Italian beef from Al's. I hope my mother-in-law skips over the next part because I don't think she's going to want to hear this. But my beautiful wife, Mrs. What's-Her-Name, and I didn't really have the time or the energy for a pre-conjugal visit, if you catch my drift. But what I did do was throw her up against the wall in the hotel room right before we checked out and gave her what I call the Matthew Kidson patented best 10 minutes of her life, all rights reserved. It was a rough and rowdy makeout sesh that was thoroughly enjoyed by all. Afterwards, Mrs. What's-Her-Name asked me why I didn't throw her up against the wall and make out with her more often at home. And I realized that our walls at home are covered floor to ceiling with decor in every room. Like literally fucking every wall. And there is nowhere I can do that. Which And that's a patented move of mine. So it occurred to me that we may need to do a little bit of redecorating. It was a super sexy moment that was ruined less than 20 minutes later when we were outside waiting for our ride to the airport. And Mrs. What's-Her-Name threw a snowball and hit me right in the pills. Now... I know that one of y'all's favorite segments of the show is the Dildo Chronicles. I want to do a slight left turn for this week's chapter. Oh boy, why it's only a 35% alcohol. How is this? Mal- I guess it's three shots of Malort. I haven't eaten today. I don't know. So for the Dildo Chronicles... <laughs> God help me. 
Dildo Chronicles. I am going to do a little bit of a left turn, and this week's chapter of the Dildo Chronicles, I am going to talk about the fucking dildo sitting across from me on the flight home. This fucking old man who got on my last nerve talking obnoxiously loud during the entire flight. We had a little bit of a bumpy landing. And on the way off the plane, the old man says to the flight attendant, did we land or did we get shot down? And as if the fucking flight attendant's job isn't hard enough, right? Their job is basically to fucking babysit a bunch of adults who are acting like children in this tiny little tube. And then some ancient high fastening pants wearing turd has to put in his two cents that nobody asked for. But the best of the week is her response. Without missing a beat, she said, Sir, do you know how to land a plane? I fucking high-fived her on the way out. That was an A-plus response. And the worst of the week, I don't know what it is about fucking airports and airplanes, man. There were these drunk-ass, blonde twat waffles and oversized hats like they were going to the fucking Kentucky Derby boarding our plane and you can see the entitlement from a mile away as we were getting on the plane these blonde ass biscuits were in the first class section because of course they were one of them has their head sticking out into the aisle talking to one of the other ones who are across the aisle they don't even fucking have identities to me i'm not gonna waste time giving them clever nicknames twat number one had her head sitting out into the aisle talking to twat number two who is across the aisle while people are trying to fucking board the plane and they were doing this right in front of Mrs. What's-Her-Name, who waited like three or four seconds and immediately had enough and said, can you move your fucking head out of the aisle so the rest of us can get by? And that twat moved her head out of the way like she got an order from a drill sergeant. And that, my beauties, is worth taking a snowball to the fellas. For Song of the Week, of course we are going to do something from Chicago. And there is a lot to choose from. We have the band Chicago, which is a little too on the nose. There's Earth, Wind, and Fire, who would be a rock-solid choice, but not quite right for the vibe today. I will stand by Kanye West's first three albums until the day I die. But today, that is not quite what I'm looking for. Fallout Boy is from Chicago, and they're a guilty pleasure. You know, I don't even believe in guilty pleasures. Maybe it's because I don't have any shame, but I fucking love Fallout Boy. I have Fallout Boy lyrics tattooed on my arm, and I give zero fucks about that. Sam Cooke, Muddy Waters, the original blues man, and Chance the Rapper are all from the city, and all would be fucking excellent picks. But for me, for this episode... I have got to go with something off of the Blues Brothers soundtrack. The Blues Brothers as a movie is a fucking diamond for me. It celebrates music. It celebrates film. It celebrates comedy. It celebrates Chicago. It inadvertently celebrates cocaine. And I have a personal history with the characters. So in 2014... A friend of mine, the one I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that is from Chicago, he and I had tickets to see Queens of the Stone Age perform at the Forum in L.A. on Halloween. Like, a month before the show, he sends me a text that reads, 
quote, dude, we need to go as the Blues Brothers, end quote. That's it. That is fucking it. And I had never heard of a better idea in my entire life. I didn't have a black suit. I fucking got a black suit. And that is what we did. We went as the Blues Brothers. He is a tall, skinny fucking glass of water. I am a fucking short, chunky motherfucker. We fucking went as Jake and Elwood, and we hit the concert and could not fucking move without people telling us how insanely accurate we were. After the show, we go to Hollywood Boulevard, and he and I are both unapologetic attention whores. We had such a blast getting stopped for pictures, getting bought drinks. We were treated like fucking rock stars the entire night. It was one of the best fucking nights of my life. We went to Halloween a couple of years later, again as the Blues Brothers, and proudly paid for zero drinks. And then the trilogy... We went to a local Comic-Con, could not walk more than 20 feet without getting our photo taken. Had a blast. Everyone loved it. We loved it. Fucking love you, brother. Love you, Elwood. All right. Song of the week. On the Blues Brothers soundtrack, there is a lot to choose from. James Brown singing about seeing the light. Aretha Franklin's musical ass whooping. Uh, Ray Charles shaking his tail feather. Cab Calloway looking for his Heidi Heidi Ho. But for me, I want to sign off for today before I barf up all this malort and leave you guys with a song that I don't know that I can think of another scene from any movie that brings me such pure fucking joy as the performance of this song. Now, next week, I will be back with all the usual shit. I'll have the answers to two gold star questions, some housekeeping from the last couple of weeks, and a few things that some of you have reached out to me that you want me to cover. Please join me next week. I am already excited and exhausted. I want to thank each and every one of you who has chosen to take a minute and listen to me babble about Chicago and everything about it that I enjoy at this time. I certainly hope that you have enjoyed the show and remember people that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there are still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody everybody and this week's song of the week is everybody needs somebody to love by the blues brothers it is on the atomic skull podcast songs of the week playlist on spotify but also i would encourage you guys to watch the performance of the song from the movie on youtube because it will be the best part of your day if you know anyone from chicago please have them listen to this episode for me. If you know anyone who isn't from Chicago, please have them listen to this episode for me. I want all hands on deck because I had a blast on my trip. I had a blast writing. I had a blast recording. I did not have a blast drinking the fucking Malorts, but I want to remind you guys before I go that life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Cubs win! Cubs win! How are you doing?